Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan and Scott. Did Jesus hide any eggs in here? Maybe. I haven't looked. Okay. I don't believe you. Search his pants. No. Okay, we're going to pause the podcast here for a moment. We got a two, one. Well, we just just, uh, looked at... Yeah, that was frightening. When uh, we had to do listen, that. We learned, we learned something about us, we learned something about you, and we also found some delicious colored eggs. <laughs> Happy Easter, everyone. Ta-da! <laughs> and scene. <laughs> Dating the podcast and you. Yeah. Well, welcome back, everyone. I know we had a bit of a wackadoo episode last time where I we thought kept... it went well. No, it was. It was fine. It was fine. It was it just... I got cool. a text message about it. No lie. Yes, Julian was very happy that I told that story, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, there's a yeah. It was really cool. We've gotten some little good feedback, as uh, Ryan said. We get some good feedback about it. Just shooting the shit and talking about whatever comes up in our mind. We may do a few more of those episodes because I know with uh, some time coming down, some people are going to be moving. We got graduations. We got things going on. So we may, we may have a few more casual Friday sort of episodes. Casual um, Friday. Think, uh, Hawaiian uh, shirts and everything, guys. Yeah, Taco Tuesday. Oh, well, okay, let's not drag that into this. <laughs> I don't mind keeping it casual for a couple of episodes, though. I mean, for anyone who knows us at all knows that, well, we can just talk for hours about absolutely nothing at all. Uh, we talked. We talked. What do we say? Nothing. 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 Try no. to be funny. And yet we were charming. I don't know how that happens, though. I, mean, I, know, I just I am. I know how it happens. I just keep on win, win, win. Drugs? Drug, yeah, man. Okay. It's always drugs. Just say no, kids. Just say no. Yeah, yeah. As, <laughs> as your local YouTube celebrity, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. we actually do have a little bit more structure for this episode. Yeah, we're, we're, we're incrementally returning to structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like back to order, then immediately class back to disorder so we can go back to order. This would be a lot easier if you guys told us what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can always hit us up at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Absolutely. We will do basically whatever you tell us to. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I want to talk about my uh, 19th level fighter. I'm like, great, dude. That's fantastic. Done. I'm going to do done. an analysis done. of your 19th level <laughs> fighter. We're going we're gonna to come up with a sweet backstory for your fighter. <laughs> you just tell us the best. Oh, notes. my God. That'd be great. Yeah, guys, actually, if anyone's out there and he's like, hey, I'm really having trouble. I want to come up with a cool backstory for my character. Like, pitch us tonight, like, a sentence to sentence thing, and we will come up with the biggest, most elaborate thing you want. We'll, we'll run air. that asshole through a couple of story circles. There are Twitch streamers who do this kind of thing, like, like tear apart my deck. Or, <laughs> like, yeah. Rate my deck. It's Rate my deck. Usually well, bad. Well, it was just bad, okay? Usually yeah, bad. It was just bad. No, we won't, like, make it pa- cast any value judgments on you. <laughs> we like, okay, well, all right. If, you're, if your sword's, like, named, like... I don't know, Cockglaive or something like that. I might have a little judgment on you if you want a sword named Cockglaive. Hey, we'll work on that, man. We'll work it in. It's don't fine. Don't worry. I can... I'm sure I can Google some stuff and I find the. Yeah, it may sound bad, but actually, this is the ancient name of it, and this is why it's I can a make thing. a sweet ass sounding weapon, but also be phallic. Okay, can, <laughs> I can make it happen. 
I'm good at words. I work. Phallic things are good at piercing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gross. But let's yeah. Let's let's uh, let's deviate back onto the rails. That's not how that word works. I know. I'm sorry. I'm I'm using it though. We'll just go with it. Okay. Just go with it. We're doing it live. We're not. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're doing it live. No, we're not. Speaking doing of live, we're hoping to get a live show of Dragon Con, guys. <laughs> oh man. So I'm warning you, motherfuckers, now. So that hopefully some of you will show up to it, and we don't look very silly, <laughs> intensely silly. In I'll be up there going, "Hey, welcome to Polyhedron," and then the guys like. Is this about anime? I'm like, no, yes. seriously. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> this is in fact now about anime. What would you like to talk about? Genre? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, we're gonna be putting our application in. We're gonna hope to 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 get there. It's gonna fill up like a one hour slot at Dragon Con at some point in time, so that we can you know make funny faces at, at a live audience. And oh, they can man. participate. Dude, even if it's just like 10 of you, it'll give us so much more legitimacy. I Dude, beg you. The, 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 <laughs> you know, the, the, the two years that I was at DragonCon as an attending professional were really cool. They were really interesting, very informative. I had a whole bunch of fun, and I want to go back to doing that, and I'm hoping Polyhedron will be able to take uh, take me and you guys to do that. Absolutely. Every time I think of the words attending professional, all I can think of is LOL afterwards. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just... That's how I think of it in my head, because I'm, like, I'm not really a professional much of anything. <laughs> I've been smart ass. Just fake it till you make it, okay? It's true. If you just walk like you know exactly where you're going and with a face that says, don't ask me questions, you can mostly get anywhere Dragon Con. <laughs> Unless they're like really like getting more tight Unless about it's it. like, you know, national security or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe don't do it with like a suitcase in your hand. <laughs> don't worry, or a duffel bag or headgear of any Man, kind. Man, now I now I want to actually be in a full like three piece suit with sunglasses and a suitcase and see just how far I can ride that ride. Uh, see what happens. You're a white guy. You're <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> oh. What? Okay, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah no, everyone's the same. Nothing is. Yeah, no one's different. <laughs> there at are all. no double standards <laughs> no, anywhere. Look, I just know that I want that Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce. <laughs> Nine more seasons. We're gonna, Nine more seasons. We're going to make Mulan great again. <laughs> we're going to make the Szechuan let's, dipping sauce great again. What would say? Let's get back down to, to business. business. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's get down to <laughs> well, let's, business. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage and move mm-hmm. right along. Oh, dude, you can't say that. Hold up. <laughs> Cut that shit out, man. <laughs> that... that that golden retriever will come for us. You don't know. You don't it's know. Fucking Cujo. <laughs> Duke. Oh. <laughs> oh god, no. Duke. It just says Duke in like bloody letters. Yeah. <laughs> the, that dog's eyes glow when you're he not looking. He comes for your beans. He comes for your beans. And in this case, it is a reference to your balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're talking about LARP stories. Cause well, we're talking about war stories. War stories. It's, this okay. is a common thing that happens after a lot of ta- after many years of table topping and live action role playing is you shoot the shit with your friends and you say, "Wasn't that cool when mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z happened?" And I thought it would be really cool. We've sort of said some stories since the since the year plus that we've been doing the show that we've we've talked about a couple stories from time to time about our personal experiences. So I thought we could actually make an episode of some notable stories that we really haven't mentioned in great detail before that we could go go into detail and sort of break it down and have a, a jam session about those types of events that we had. I'm like ninety nine percent sure I haven't told mine. I'm almost sure, but I don't. No, because I don't listen. I think mine, yeah, I think mine are pretty, I haven't really mentioned, or if I have, I've mentioned extremely yeah. in briefing. And I, I, I know I haven't told my tabletop story. Um, oh, yeah, I'm 99% sure I haven't told my tabletop 
I might have mentioned my LARP story, but I will go over it in more detail if I have. Who wants to go first? Oh, dear. Um, did you want to do LARP or tabletop first? Um, we can mix it up. Whatever, which one, you ever, whoever, whoever's going to go first can I've decide got my, which one. I've got my tabletop story on, on deck. Right. Okay, and go we are, for they're, it. They're hitting that. Good. Okay, so tabletop story. This was actually one of my earliest tabletop experiences. Um, this was when I was 17, so 20 goddamn years ago. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. I need a drink. Do you have any whiskey? Actually, uh, I do. Uh, it's okay. Um, but anyway, so 20 years ago, and I was playing with a group of my, uh, my high school friends, a game called Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, this is not the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay that you may know of, dear listeners. Uh, the one with the custom dice and uh, interesting mechanics and uh, novel approaches to things. No, no, no. This was contemporary of Advanced Drum Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, with a career system? With a career system. Yes, yes, yes. Everything yes. was career system. Yes, you started off as the adventurer career and eventually moved on into all... Oh, man. Ah, it kind of hurts just thinking about it. I uh, mean, it... like, if it were, like, 40K, I guess, like, your second or third career could be Eye Socket Fucker or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah, essentially. Well, this was Warhammer Fantasy, so... Oh, right, uh, that's right. That, I, that I much started... better known. <laughs> yeah, I was a dwarf. And uh, I started off as, like, a uh, like a pit fighter, and then I eventually went to, like, Troll Slayer. Yeah, that's so you can... type for you. Yeah, I know. I was, I was 17, dude. You were I just mean, trying to find yourself. I didn't know what I liked. Um, you had to experiment. You had to get out there. Well, okay, to be fair, okay, well, in Warhammer Fantasy, the, the actually, like, the Troll Slayer, like, uh... Goblin Slayer. Like yeah. there, it was a track of like slayers. Dwar- yeah, dwarves Dwarven. can become slayers yeah. of a certain type. But they were always disgraced. Like they became that way because they were disgraced. So their their track in life was to continue to fight bigger and bigger and scarier things until they die gloriously. Mm-hmm. So there was a bit of angst to this character. I actually played up that element that he just he was he had done something terrible no actually he hadn't done anything terrible it was his family his family had fallen into disgrace like his parents and and grandparents were like in jail or executed and he hadn't done anything wrong but he his family was disgraced so it was all on him Mm -hmm. like so he had like he his role in life by by the dwarven king was go out into the world Fight bigger, nastier, scarier things until you die gloriously, um, and so he was. He was kind of. He was kind of conflicted, but anyway, he found his way into a group of ne'er do wells and and uh, scary elf priests and and all sorts of weirdness, uh, and they were. They had already been playing the, this campaign by the time I came in, so the campaign that we were going on, we like it was. The stage of it was we were going down a river to go to this other kingdom. Like, we were being sent from one kingdom to another to help them with this big war that they were fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were, like, going down this big-ass long river all that spanned the, the breadth of the land mm-hmm. and having adventures along the way until eventually we got to the kingdom. Um, and the adventure before we got to... The, uh, the the allied kingdom where the war was going to happen 
uh, we ran into this wizard's tower. Uh, and we, as you do. As you do. He was an evil wizard. He was causing problems. Uh, like he was, he was like connected to the enemy that was being fought. So we were like, well, we might as well take this asshole out. Uh, so we we fight up his tower. We get to the top of the tower. We uh, we fight the wizard. And one of the last things he does is he does this like mass curse effect on all of us. Uh, and like most of us fail the roll. So all of us get uh, a madness, uh, a, a derangement of some sort. Uh, I got addiction to black root, which was like cocaine weed, uh, like magical cocaine weed. Um, but another one of us, uh, kind of the, I guess he was kind of the more the leader of the party. Uh, he got m- hit with megalomania. Oh no. And that was fun for a bit. And, and that really didn't, didn't, it, it was, it flavored some things, but it really came into play at the heart of the story, which is we get to this, uh, uh, this friendly kingdom, which is a very like czarist Russia inspired place. So it's it's like this ice covered kingdom. Uh, they're they're very burly Russian men and mm. and, and snowy ice queen women, uh, and they are just dashboard cams as far as the eye can see. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Magical. And uh, and and we get there uh, just as like the enemy army is is approaching like the the last stand point. So we get there. We we talk with the king. We get it. We get a get our plan coming out, and we 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 uh, we look upon the enemy, and they have this hordes of like goblins and undead. They're evil sons of bitches, and they have two goddamn dragons. So we come to the strategy of us, the stalwart, powerful, mighty adventures. Our job is to deal with the dragons. Of course. Uh, because like we're the the army is pretty well matched against just the army, but those goddamn dragons, if they're in play, we're done. Yep. So like we split our party, half the party goes off. There's like six of us, um, and we were pretty badass at this point. Uh, so three of us go off to take care of one dragon. Three of us take care of the other one. Uh, I fight the. I'm part of the ones that do the ice dragon, and it's a epic fight we're like crawling on the dragon hacking into it i end up like slicing this one dude's fucking dragon's wing off with my axe and he just goes like barreling down into the enemy army like rolling and like thrashing and killing a bunch of goblins and they have rules for that because i you know i can honestly say that in dungeons and dragons i've always been like well, what would happen if a colossal <laughs> dragon was just like, roll, roll, roll. roll. <laughs> the, 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 I don't care anymore. The GM was pretty good about, like, making, selling it. Like, we we, we, act, we, had, we had to do all the hit point damage and, and whatnot, but he, he sold it pretty good. The funny part came on the other dragon. So, uh, this, is, this is the guy who had the megalomania derangement. Right. So, him and his two buddies, they're fighting the dragon. They, like, get up on the dragon uh, and he finds his way up to the top, uh, where the like evil chaos shaman guy with his dragon controlling whip is riding the dragon and controlling the dragon. He kills that guy, mm-hmm. takes the dragon whip, and I remind you he has megalomania. So rather than trying to just like kill the dragon, which he could have probably done fairly easy, could just like put a couple of like silver tip arrows in his brain or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I am controlling this dragon. 
So he like tries to use the dragon whip to control the dragon. Uh, now, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, the, the core resolution system uh, was you roll uh, percentile dice. You roll 2d10, yeah. uh, and you have to get over the DC. Mm, uh, so, uh, which is anything from like 1 to 99. Right. Uh, and the difficulty to master this, because he had no skill in it, he had no idea how to use the, the item, the GM was like, you know, this is 99. Yeah, this is the hardest this, thing. This is the hardest thing you can do. You have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a magic item, and it's magic that you don't understand. And when you and when you roll those percentiles, like you lock eyes with the GM and you, you just say to him, "You did this. You did this. <laughs> this is your fault." That's right. So he's rolling. Like he, he like it gets to his turn. He rolls, fails obviously. Um, uh, gets to his turn again. Like a bunch of other shit happens. Uh, gets to his turn again. He rolls, fails again. Uh, and like every single time, he's like, the "Guy's like, are you sure?" Like everyone's like. Like we're all like head in our in our hands, just like God damn it, Steve, just fucking kill the dragon. And he's like, No, man, it's mine. I want this dragon. He's playing up his derangement. So it gets uh, to the third third time this this guy's cat roll comes around. The GM looks at him and goes like, All right, man. If this doesn't work, then the dragon's taking you back to Dragonland. Yep. And I don't know what's gonna happen to your dude. Rolls, one hundred. Yep. Like he hits it. Boom, got him. <laughs> yeah, boom, got him. It was one of those, like, literally, like, one in a million times. And at that point, the GM was all like, takes his notes. Like, he has, like, a whole bit of notes because there was a lot more to this yeah. fight. Takes his notes, put them over there, and says, like, all right, what do you do with the dragon? <laughs> well, I breeze its poison fog onto the enemy army and fucking wipe them out. I'm megalomaniacal. <laughs> But I'm still good, damn it. Yeah, I have taken. I'm a good person. I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying, woo the whole time. Yeah, I'm saying, <laughs> I'm yeah, saying, I'm saying woo. woo the whole time. And so that that was an example of um, just the the weirdest combination of factors and one lucky ass roll mm-hmm. completely derailing uh, a plot line. And it really it it was okay because it was one of the the earliest examples, at least in my my career. Of the principle of awesome's razor. Yeah, just yeah. It's like you know that's fucking cool. You take control of it of a, the enemy's dragon and turn it against its against itself. They're not expecting that to happen, so their strategy isn't built around what if our dragons start attacking attacking us. You know, I think okay, I have a story on the awesome's razor scale. I think sure. that I was I did have a different story, but this is me fucking things up, which is way funnier. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so actually, both of my. You know, LARP story, the, one, the LARP story and the tabletop story are like this, so which would you prefer? Well, it's up to you. Uh, let's go with your LARP story, actually. Okay, this is the time where me being good at just, like, for some reason talking to people just completely derailed a lot of people's idea of what, what, how the evening was going to go. <laughs> uh, so there was this time where uh, Matt was on staff for a game mm-hmm. uh, called Forest of Doors, and... Uh, his character had had a, a lady friend named Queen Jack, who was a you know pretty cool chick, but yep. she she bought it before her time. Uh, yeah, it was very sad. It was a very sad thing. I mean, of course, I was playing like a sociopath from from Gothland who you know, was hell bent <laughs> on vengeance. So you know, her death really had about zero point zero effect on me. Uh, but she basically went to 
a bad place. She, the world of Force of Doors had hell, which is a, a manufactured afterlife that was well over full because it just couldn't contain it all It was the... supposed to be a paradise for people who were dead. It's supposed to be an extended retirement home. It's not anymore. It's actually kind of a nasty it got, place. It got overburdened and overfull, and people, it had started being actually painful and terrible, and she was trapped there, and we all knew she was trapped there. Now, <laughs> my character's overall goal, he had been constructed to basically be the focus of a very, very sizable ritual that would turn him essentially into the god of shadow world. And it would be like, okay, you have to go home now. You can't. Yeah, there was a lot of metaphysics wrapped up into it. It was a lot of magical shit. It's basically the same thing Matt did, but opposite. Yeah. He could just read slightly better than I could. (laughs) And I was manufactured. We were both kind of manufactured for the job. It was a very sweeping story, and the bitch got away with it. I will say that. The one who put us all through all this to this day in the game still causes problems. She got away with it. Mm -hmm. Um, So. Soul had ascended to Dawnbringer at this point, and which meant he was the god of light for an entire world, and he was a batshit insane, like just crazy as crazy could be. And he yep. would send his people in, and every once in a while they'd be like, "Yeah, but we'd like her body, though. Like we'd like her body, please." And and Queen Jack was from a different world, from a very cool. different place, like. Probably, like, the stuffiest setting, with the exception of the Empire of Perfect Unity. Yep. But, like, the old Arthurian dragon crap, but it's all hyper-feminist and stuff. It's, yeah. It's all in all, still a cool setting. The villains are way more interesting than the heroes from that place. <laughs> anyway. Um, and, of course, the goodly people of the Realm of Castles was like, No! Of course we're not going to give you the Queen's body! That's Just weird! some crazy tyrant dawn god thing. Yeah, we don't know what he's going to do with her. And and I was like, I, I know what you, I know what he's gonna do with it. He's gonna resurrect her. Is what he's gonna do with it. So, push came to shove, really, and the homies showed up at her tomb mm-hmm. and robbed it. Like just straight up, like blew the walls down, ripped it open with terrible magic, and just like removed her from her glass coffin. Mm-hmm. And, and this had been like. There had been a lot, basically, a well played out conspiracy amongst the players to make this happen. I yes. was actually uh, Matt's wife of the Linda, time yeah. was was queen at that point, or yep. it was coming towards being queen. She was the most prominent member, and she, to me, in a in a per, in a private conversation about an hour before this happened, she put her hand on my shoulder and said, "Whatever you have to do, get that body out of here." Like it was causing the... a lot of political problems for everyone because essentially the Dawnbringers forces really wanted the body, and the realms people were like, "No!" Publicly, were like, "No, no, she can't. He can't have the body." When privately, they were like, "Please take give her the body. She'll probably be happier. This wall get blown over. We don't have well, to worry some, about this." Well, yeah, some of them. There was actually a sizable schism uh, over this issue because you had uh, a group that was very, um, very faithful yeah. and very like dogmatic about their faith. And it's like the thing. The thing was like everyone there, everyone in attendance in this situation, one hundred percent knew that Jack's soul was in a very, very bad place. She knew she was. They knew she was suffering. They knew that her, nothing good was happening to her. She right. was not in the correct afterlife for where she, where she was supposed to be. And there was an, an entire NPC faction with some blowhard assholes uh, who were very like no. She stayed, yeah. and there were PCs, of course, who were towing the line because they wanted stuff. Yeah. And then there were some PCs, like Linda's, you know, yeah. character, who was like, okay, this is causing way too many problems, and uh, 
you're you seem to be a sly motherfucker. Why don't you take care of this? It's like can do. <laughs> like we the other uh, like heads will be turned in different directions. Yeah, it's like I'm not saying no. I'm just saying. Come on. And, and I'm going to be over here. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm going to be over here. Yeah. i got tea time. And I'll put it this way. Like, my character was, this was three games before mm. my retirement. And I knew for a fact that the Dawnbringers forces were going to attempt to stop me mm. from doing what I was going to do. The forces of light would be compelled to stop me. So, this co- sort of came with a little note attached saying, hey, I know you have to try to stop me. But if you could make it a little less terrible when you do. Here's a present for you. Yeah, it's like have your wife eat. Yeah, <laughs> and and I want to believe that that worked, but the amount of ass whooping I received on my retirement suggests it didn't. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a lunatic, and it doesn't really matter. The, the magical do what the magical do. So they show up, like a bunch of the Dawnbringers forces show up and take the body. I right. was... You were Marius. I was Marius. That's right. I know you I was an being... NPC. I forget if, forget whether I was a, Dawn, a, a Dawnbringer NPC or a... You were... Okay, no, but I was Marius at the time. You were Marius at the time. Marius... And... That NPC was one that I played for a good long time, and he was a fuckstick. Yes. Oh, my God. He was a bad person. But this is Ryan's story. Yeah, it, it is. is. <laughs> it is. So, really what it comes down to is, like, shit's gone down. So, there's, like, six NPCs carrying this body on their shoulders... Mm-hmm. And a couple of, you know, people, like, harrying people who try to get near it. And the entirety of this town, which is, at this point, I believe the game was about 40 people. Yeah. Thereabouts was following the procession. Like, they were, like, arguing with each other. And, like... Because there were a lot of people who were pro and con the entire situation. Right. Somewhere for and against. And it was causing a kerfuffle. So, it was getting... On towards, though, I could feel, I, you know, you can kind of feel it when the ass whooping's about to start. Because mm-hmm. two of the loudest, na- you know, dumbest people uh, were being loud and dumb and were about to do something. And unfortunately, these guys were pretty strong. So, eh, you know, it could have caused problems for me, which I didn't want. I didn't want any sort of issue. So I basically got between the entirety of Nexus and the procession of dudes and I don't know how this happened, but me, like, standing in front of them and just putting my hands on, like, hold on a second. Worked? Um, <laughs> well, okay, so on the way over there, I was walking in the in the procession of people, like, walking. It's like, okay, I want you guys to realize that if he doesn't get his way, you're probably sentencing a million people to die in a horrific, bright explosion. Like, he's probably going to go bonkers and start murdering his own subjects, just murdering people. And I don't think I was wrong. Like, I'm actually, I was probably telling the truth on that. I didn't know for sure, but. You were hedging your bets on I was hedging my bets on what a megalomaniacal light god who didn't get his way would do. And. And it would most certainly eventually blow back on us. Yes. And eventually, and his guys are strong and he is strong and. And Tall doesn't care about a million people getting blown up. It, It didn't matter to him. What he wanted was what he wanted. But he knew that if he really wanted to get people to, like, hold up, would be like, think of the people you're damning to explosions over a piece of meat. Like, that has no soul in it. You know exactly where the soul is. There's, yeah, no, amb- there's, there's no ambiguity There's there. no ambiguity about where that soul is, and there's no ambiguity about what's going to happen. Oh, to me, from what I was saying, there was no ambiguity about what was going to happen if he didn't get his way. And I did that to a certain key people, people who were movers and shakers, 
on the way up through the ranks. So finally, when I said, stop, I said it one more time. I'm like, okay, guys, I want anyone who, I mean, anyone who's not okay with a tiny genocide, please step forward, you know? Mm -hmm. And at that juncture, about 90% of the PCs were like, yeah, fuck it, not my problem. <laughs> like, let, <laughs> let him have his way. Or some of them were, you know, objecting. And some of them were factional leaders within the town. Like, certain entire factions were either saying, this isn't my problem, or I don't feel comfortable. Like, I know what happens when she goes through that portal. I don't know what happens if she doesn't go through that portal. But your story sounds pretty convincing, because I knew the guy who is through that portal. Uh, it was like, you guys knew Saul, right? You know what he'd do. And and that actually kind of worked. So like three or four people got a little squirrely, but they just got knocked down. And some of them some of them got real upset with me about that. <laughs> but that was the time where like I weaseled my way into breaking, breaking town into a bunch of infighting long enough to get, ex you know, gallantly getting exactly what I wanted. Mm -hmm manipulating and, and just blathering your way through entire that's called fast talking by the way everyone he just fast talked his way into getting what he needed so that i also fast talked us out of a field battle like yep. which was a thing like i fast talked us out of a lot of field battles and probably a lot of problems later on but there were yeah there were some blows there were some blows blows did come come to blows i remember i got hit with the killing strike like what i thankfully had a, a dodge for which i had forgotten about because i don't play combat characters and this character like i was like Wait, is there anything? I oh yeah, dodge. I have oh, yeah. a dodge. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was basically come down to the, the the final goal of that entire getting her body was Soul couldn't resurrect her without the body because she was not native to that world. He needed a conduit, so he needed the body. So if he got the body, he basically made her into Franken Bride of Frankenstein. And I, I will say that afterwards, we did a quick, we did, we looked into it and we found out he did in fact resurrect her. He did in fact pull her soul out of hell, and now she was a person again mm -hmm. or in. Basically, the highest social position one could be in, mm -hmm. the wife of a of a, a radiant god. So yep. she was living a pretty comfortable life, and boy, oh boy, did I wave that in some people's face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, so you're telling me, you're telling me your plan was better, dickweed, and they're like, no, 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 <laughs> no, it wasn't better. I'm like, you're damn right, it wasn't better. It's because I'm smart and <laughs> manipulative and an asshole. But totally, but a little smart. A little <laughs> smart. I, I had my a broken clock is right twice a day, and I was right that one time. Yep, yep. Uh, okay, so I'll go to my story. Mine's a large story because I'm actually having some trouble finding a tabletop story worthy of this conversation. Um, but I do have a large story that I don't think I've ever mentioned to you guys, and this is a little like wave my flag. Matthew did a smart thing. Um, <laughs> Where did the gorgon touch you? Yeah, all over. Same place you hide the eggs, huh? Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So uh, this was many, many moons ago, somewhere to Scott's story. Uh, I was playing a game called Legends. Um, it is, I believe Legends, I don't remember if it still exists. No, it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone into a different iteration at this point. But this was back when my early 20s, I believe. And I had sort of, this was a sort of intermediary. Force of Doors really hadn't been become a thing yet. And I was kind of floating between several of the local games like Solar, Legends. Uh, I think a couple of the Rule 3 people were doing like Kingsgate and the like. And so I was playing Legends. And I didn't know a lot of people. There were, It was a big game. It had some problem players that I didn't particularly like. Because I just didn't get along with them. But my story has to do with... There was a group I was with. Um, they were very nice people. A lot of them knew the one of the runners of the game. And they were, good. in general, in my, my opinion, some very just... 
cool people, co- kosher people, and they they let me hang around them and talk to them and ask questions. And I was playing a big wizard because wizards were a big thing in Legends. Magic and metaphysics were a big thing. And so their Legends loves, loves to put on these extremely big, elaborate um, modules slash field battles. Like the field battle and the module are almost synonymous with the same thing. There's a very, it's a, it's a big light show. It's a big puzzle show. A lot of stuff going on, but it, these things require a lot of preparatory work because there was the storyline that we're currently involved in. The basically the king of the multiverse was trying to finally ascend to where he could actually like rein in the forces of the void and all this other bad stuff. And there were many many steps that we had to resolve. One of these steps was we had to unlock a key in a very specific order, a magical a magical lock in a very specific order. And during the day before the night, when we had to figure out what this code was, um, we were given a puzzle to try to go. Well, we know this code was given before us. It was it was twelve symbols, magical symbols that tied directly to the twelve schools of magic that existed. And we were like, well, guys, we've got to figure out the right order in which to put these things. And it to give it's a little bit of a visual puzzle, but imagine a large ribbon with twelve symbols going from one end to the other end, and we're all like, "Well, it's got to go in a specific order." And everyone's got their pins and papers, and all the wi- wizard people are like, "Well, this is a puzzle, so we're just gonna doodle down." And we Some start serious whiz business. Yeah, yeah. On, we're, yeah. We're, we're and the cool thing about legends is what they really did was they actually had packets for the various lores that you had on your character sheet. So if you had metaphysics, you got a packet that you could bring in game that you could look up and look at magical theory that they had come up for the game. So if you were really smart and you were very attentive and you read the packet and you talked to a lot of NPCs, you could slowly start putting the puzzle, putting the greater puzzle of how the universe worked together to mm-hmm. like help resolve this, the actual physical puzzle. So we're all there doodling and everyone's like, we're there for about two goddamn hours. I have gone and left a couple of times, and they're still like, no, we could do it in this order. Like, like, no, the elements needs to go here. No, forces needs to go here. No, uh, fucking uh, mind magic needs to go here. This is not the right order. And no one's like, this is seriously, by about hour two, we're all like, they're all like, I, I got no idea what the hell we're supposed to do. So a little, little backstory. I've read the packet and I knew how kind of magic worked and I had listened to all of their stuff. And then it suddenly dawns on me. The thing about legends and magic and the seasons and everything is what, what do they do? They go in cycles. Okay. I instinctively reached out, grabbed the ribbon and then bent it into end and showed it to everyone. And everyone's like, Oh my, you're right. It's a circle. And they immediately went, like, all the pieces fell into place. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, holy shit, why didn't we think of that? Rust Cole told you. Yeah, yeah. no, and it was like... Magic is a flat circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really was. I I bent it and showed them, and they are like, they did, they started doing the, the, the couple pieces they had figured out, like, these are absolutely true things. Mm-hmm. We know that this is how this is supposed to work, but these, the, the, the math is not adding up at the end, and how is it? And then when I bent it around, everyone was like, Oh, that works now. And everyone's like, looked at me. Because before then, I wasn't a big, powerful dude. There were mm-hmm. people far, far more powerful than me. People who had been in the game for many, many more years than me. Like, just, there was my one, like, I remember my one moment of going, I did it. Yeah. I did it. Like, it was just a moment of holy, that was the moment when people on play started 
paying a little more attention to me like going mm-hmm. you know what that guy figured it out he actually fucking figured it out when we couldn't do it so we'll see what where this kid goes a little bit we'll see where how he, what, what, what what he gets what he gonna do yeah what he gonna do the and, only puzzle i've ever seen that was that like psychotically infuriating was uh enforced adores the great sutra which was the way to unlock mastery of the like the martial arts stuff yes and it was it was really hard like yeah. it was like symbol rotations cipher like there was like four layers of bullshit and two and two of them were false leads the entire time and it was just it yeah. was insane yeah and it was just a, it was a, one of the few moments i remember going you know what i got it i, I did this it was a good like a very good productive thing that i did for the game and i thought that was really clever of me and one of my mm-hmm. few clever moments right and so i thought it was really cool i just thought it was a really good moment and it and that's where i think larp and even tabletop to an extent can be just as challenging as a combat scenario and so i thought hmm, that'd be a good story for this all right so i have a larp story larp story this is a parlor larp story um a while back uh, matthew and i ran a vampire game together called mandate of power mm-hmm. uh, there were many mandates of many power many mandates of power but this one was ours <laughs> um and it was a dark ages vampire game and this was run during the era uh, when the classic World of Darkness line had ended, uh, and they were doing the new World of Darkness yep. line, and like probably every other parlor LARP in the country, we were mixing the peanut butter and the chocolate together. Yeah, because we, were, we the conversion guy wasn't out yet, and yeah. we, we were just kind of ad hocing everything together. Yeah, we were basically having a go at using the the new rules to um, to tell the to to run the old setting while bringing in some of the new setting and mixing it up in kind of a hodgepodge. Uh, and we had decided, uh, just because we had reached a point in the campaign where we had pretty much done everything that we were going to do, mm-hmm. uh, and we decided to end that chapter of the campaign uh, with the notion that we were going to end the Dark Ages portion and then start up a new co- new campaign in the ca- same continuity set in the Renaissance. So we decided to end this thing on a on on a heck of a bang mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of things had happened, like very big metaphysical stuff. There were a number of number of there were a couple of people who had true faith, and we we made true faith a big deal. Like you had to go through a lot of shit to get it, um, and it, it meant a lot. Like you could basically work minor miracles with it because we ran the two players who got it through goddamn hell mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to get these abilities. And they were going up against like, we, we basically uh, at the end of it, we decided that the, the thing that they were going to go up against uh, was essentially an elder God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never really named it, but it was basically an El Archetep. Um, and, it had, uh, if anyone's familiar with the New World of Darkness, there's a faction in it called Seven, uh, which is just basically this genocidal band of, uh, of vampires that want to kill all other vampires just because they're dicks. And we basically co-opted that and basically said that these things worked at the behest of the Elder Gods, uh, and they had Elder God goo up in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the PCs were kind of up against the wall against these things. Um, one of the PCs, uh, had made some very, very stupid decisions, uh, and eventually had gotten his character killed because he basically 
listened to the voice in his head that offered him power and offered him like like whatnot. Uh, so he had died. His character had died about a couple months before, uh, but we basically brought that character back on screen uh, as like this like half ash. Like his body was like half decaying, half like crumbling into ash. Like it was the body of the character, but it was the host for the elder god. Yeah, yeah. So the, all the PCs, they basically decided that to their last stand, they had this like underground fortress. So we had basically, we basically staged out this epic goddamn battle where they had their they had their fortress and the like the seven vampires uh, were essentially like melting their way down with like like eldritch lava that they were stumbling mm. like to eat through the multiple layers of like of enforcements. So the at the end of which we had they they basically they've they've, they've they're fighting a bunch of vampires and uh, I've got I'm like standing up on my couch uh, as the elder god um, like doing just horrible shit to them like basically had a power that uh, like um, that I I could spam the room and basically strip their humanity away. Oh no! Uh, oh, which yeah no it was it was bad like the first time that hit there was there was a palpable like gasp slash like nerd rage that, that my agency yeah, yeah. well yeah it was it was really bad and like there like there started to be some like out of play complaining uh and our friend wade we haven't played with him in a while it's been a while he's been he's, very busy he's in been, his he's life been a bit, well, he's, he's got, got a family he's got, got kids. kids now what the fuck's up with that uh but Mom, anyway again another iteration we're old yeah so, um, uh, going back to the true faith thing a little bit, uh, the way we did true faith was that you basically had a rating in it, um, and you could spend temporary points in it to do like tiny things, yeah. but you could sacrifice a permanent point in it to do a big ass miracles. So some of the people were like starting to really like get their butts clenching because they were, because if you hit, if you got, got stripped of all your humanity, you aren't a character anymore. Yeah, you're just a crazy like, beast monster you know, thing. So, you like, don't care our, anymore. Our friend Wade said one of like the greatest things I've ever heard him say as like some of these people are bitching, and he just turns to like the two people who have true faith, and they're like, "Gee, if only we had people who could work the miracles of the Lord God Almighty amongst <laughs> us." <laughs> because, well, I, I not to blame them. That's sacrificing a permanent. Thing, yes. Uh, that that and and even at the last game, even, even it's like, but my character sheet. Yeah, I want to. Even the last time, like like he just said that one thing because like that was what wasn't the thing that I was gonna say because well if they were that's that's just giving it away. Yeah, that's not giving it away. It's so like 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 no. And so one of them stepped up and basically used his major miracle to say like, not only does like that stop happening, but. I'm I am going to say that that you know a person's humanity, their faith in God, their their thing, that is something that no one, not even an elder god can take away. So therefore he's never been able to do that. <laughs> so none of our humanity has, has gone away. And fuck that ability that he has. <laughs> and, it, and I was all like Nix it. And I I, I I remember I went to our friend Randy, uh went went to Matthew, or like, are we gonna are we cool with that? Yeah, we're cool with that. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, and that was sort of the final push. Uh, that basically, like, you know, because it had just a wave of it had just hit, and like three people had just lost their characters. Because yeah, it's of like it. that's that's serious um, business because literally what what I liked about the mechanic was 
it was simulating the idea that you're losing your sanity mm-hmm. in a game that doesn't really have sanity. Yeah, they were, we're we're removing the thing that makes you what you are as a, as an as a a, a per thing with agency and will. So literally, at when by by calling down that miracle of of the of the Lord of the Light, uh, he it turned something that was about to be a total wipe. Yep, because the like three of the people like there wasn't a big group of people. There were maybe like twelve PCs. Mm-hmm. And that's a full, that's a fourth uh, of their their strength. Yeah, and that would have just started a cascade effect. So literally, was that was that, was that Jeffrey's character? I can't that remember. was Jeffrey's. Character yeah, that was Jeffrey's. Yeah, it was Jeffrey's character that that, that made that sacrifice, um, and and pulled that off. Which more power to him. I just really love that it was Wade who said, "If there was only someone." I think I distinctly remember when he said that. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like we it's took like a, that into account. It's like a legendary performance. Yeah, it's basically yeah, a legendary yeah, it's performance. Big, yeah, it's, it's, it was just, but it was just really good. It was really good timing because it was literally like the turning point where they were all about to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and This was the rally moment. This of, was the this moment. That, make or break us. We need to be able to succeed. But basically, so like three characters that were out of the fight got back into the fight, and that gave them the push enough to... Um, uh, to to rally and fight the thing back and yeah it was a, it was a good scene I was proud of that I was proud of I was proud of us for for framing that and designing that and I was proud of the players for being uh, for for stepping up to the plate as it were and really proud of Wade for give, throwing the right amount of shade at the right at the right, <laughs> right time to remember to remind people that they have things Wade on their character. Wade was never afraid to throw shade at please, anyone yeah, about please anything. Remember the shit that you have on your character. <laughs> I know, I know, guys. But that that's something that does actually drive me up the wall. It's like when I know your character better than you do to the point where it's just like you could be stopping this whole thing right now and you just learn can't. your mechanics, people. Please, yep. please. You played it for this game for three years. Oh yeah, my my sympathy for you is gone after six months. Like, <laughs> well, like... to be to be fair, those were abilities that both of those characters had earned rather recently, um, so it wasn't something that was on. But it was it was the this is the last game. Why aren't you? Why aren't just you blow th- your load on yeah, everything? Just blow your load on everything. Fucking leaf on the wind, asshole. Jeez, mm-hmm. like, yeah. be... do the thing, Julie. Do the thing. Oh, when we were designing a LARP, like before certain stuff happened and some stuff got in the way and all that, we were putting a LARP mechanic in called, you know, Autumn Blossom, which is basically saying you walk over to the storytelling and be like, I'm about to perm, but here's what needs to happen. Like, you're, <laughs> I'm perming myself, but here's what I'd like. Mm-hmm. At which point it is up to the, the storyteller to be like, you can totally perm yourself. Here's the abilities you need to make this work out. Mm-hmm. Go go Super Saiyan. It's fine. <laughs> and we were going to put that in because it's just like, that's always such an important... I don't know, I think that's an important ability to be able it, to just It be... can be, it helps drive the story, um, but we could have a whole conversation ah, yeah, about like, that. When killing yourself is appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, a number of people have heard me talk about Never After, where, uh, specifically a game where I went from being a tiny little mouse knight in, the, mouse knight. in the understair area of, like, the Great Library, which is a world that's a library, to basically a cosmic, not a cosmic horror per se, but a large cosmic being who just strode worlds and did shit like a more of a cosmic being like that's how that game scales up but there was an interim period where i was just a guy a mouse the size of a guy with a big ass hammer like there was a point in the game where i was just that guy 
uh, and I was also the craftsperson. I, I have sort of made myself sort of the mage smithy sort of. I make enchantments, I make weapons and equipment, and I repair Enchantment? Stuff. Enchantments. So <laughs> we, the, the, the game had gone to a scale where we had our own, like, sort of like float moon that we could pilot around and stuff. Like you do. Our, our pilot was a bee, just a really large bee. <laughs> um, and we had come across the birth of an entire galaxy at one point, and through t- some time-based nonsense, it was in full progression at that point. Mm. Like, the star had called out to us, yes, stars can talk in this universe, don't worry about that. So we get to this... Just go read some Gaiman, guys, it's just fine. Just read it's fine. Gaiman, it's <laughs> all very whimsical, I assure you. <laughs> Everything's whimsical and everything talks. Um, you can only... It, just don't kill things that talk, it's, it's bad for you. So we got to this planet because we were just exploring around looking for, like, basically, like, the secrets of the universe, like, trying to understand because there is the world that is never after is supposed to be a very expansive. It's endless. It's supposed to be, like, an endless world where, like, that could be an afterlife and kind of is for some people. But, like, the magic is real. It's suffuse and it's there. But the world, the never after we walked into was a desiccated husk that had been sliced and turned in on itself. That had been tur- and it had been turned into like a craggy, molten moon, like just sitting in the darkness of space, in just a less in a way less whimsical galaxy, um, where it should have been a, a universe in of itself. So we were traveling, trying to figure out what the hell happened. Like, why did this happen? Why? And we came to the realization that there was this thing called the eye, that really 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 did not like whimsy like hated it like Mm. wanted to annihilate it utterly anything that was overtly magical anything that was overtly whimsical would get caged by these things called silver cloaks like put in force cages and thrown into this giant warehouse and cataloged like just away from the universe so we came to this world which was like for never after way too high fantasy like it was just like oh the kingdom of fire is ruled by the elves and the people of the water which are human barbarians like and we're all just like well i'm a talking mouse and that's a bee and that's a living book this is weird like this doesn't <laughs> seem right this, is, None how... of this, this doesn't seem right to me this doesn't track to me yeah um so through some widgetiness we found our way to the core of the world itself, which was the home of a guy called the Stranger, which was a god of that universe. Well, he didn't think of himself that way, but he totally was. Um, and he was an ad man from the 1960s, weirdly enough, who just <laughs> happened to have fallen into Never After at a weird and opportune time and had special privileges because he was related to someone very important and was a powerful wizard and of his own right. Doesn't really matter. He put that enchantment on the place and, and basically put it in the form in which he kind of understood fantasy mm-hmm. because he read Tolkien and shit okay. so he just kind of made a world into that and had his little little idea so he sort of like hot podge whimsy into a thing yeah he made it to where it was kind of acceptable because he knew the eye would come like completely fuck his shit up he didn't want to deal with it like yeah. he's like he's hiding from it and he was suggesting that we do the same and it was a planet wide enchantment that sort of suppressed whimsical and magical stuff so even doing any magical shit or whimsical nonsense there was way harder 
And some, something happened where someone went into the basement when they shouldn't have. And you should never go into a, a, a wizard's basement, even if he's a 1960s ad man wizard. Because uh, there's like a cutlass and a demon or something. You never know. And I just remember three of my teammates were getting like just brain raped or something terrible. Some, some terrible being in the shadow was just like consuming them as a sort of defense mechanism, I think. So me being the mage smithy one, I was like, well, I have two options. I can go small and hope to save, like, two of them. Because our deaths had been on the table. Usually and never after your death's not on the table until shit gets real nasty. Mm -hmm. But our deaths had been on the table basically the whole game after a certain point. So it's like, if you die, you die. And we had had people bite it. So I had to decide, like, do I go small and, you know, maybe this works out? Or do I go, like, big? Mm. And, of course, you go big. Or you go home. Or you go home. And (laughs) I don't have a home. It collapsed. Uh, He was a sad mouse. Um, So I had this thing called the Obdurate Ring, which I had stolen from a wizard's tower. There was a wizard's tower in my story, too. There's always a wizard's tower in there. And it was the most unenchanted... It was enchanted to be unenchantable. It was obdurate in Mm -hmm. like in essence yeah so i threw i just kind of threw it into the center of the room where i felt like the ley lines of the room were crossing and i just took my giant ass magical hammer and i just kind of like hit the ring really hard and invoked its power to be obdurate Mm -hmm. and it sucked the entire global enchant and i rolled high enough by the way where it sucked the entire global enchantment into the ring and drove it into the center of the planet so I basically collapsed an entire culture, to, like an entire planetary culture, to save my three people. And completely drew the attention of the eye, because now the shit was, uh, shit was out well of the bag. Now. And that was how the beginning of the end of that campaign started. Because <laughs> the GM was just like, well, if the, the eye, uh, I didn't know you were there, he sure as shit does now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, the game lasted another, like, five sessions maybe and it, and things only went ramped up in the nonsense from there we played a rock and roll song and it stopped an army <laughs> rock like and rolls you, did save the universe like you do sometimes rock and roll but we'd be very happy yeah. uh crap so uh, i kind of have a tabletop story kind of not i'm sorry i'm kind of pushing out on this um so my story is not really one th- I could tell right here, right now, because it would literally take seven years to tell. But my story is the story of the seven plus eight years of Exalted Iran. Um, because God damn it, Exalted's hard. Yeah, it is. So I started out with Let this Let me get game. on my spreadsheet. Yeah. You could tiny little character sheet and then just a giant spreadsheet. Just So I wanted to run a game of Exalted, but I wanted to do Dragon Ball. I had a very specific idea in my mind of what the what the story was going to be about because I love Dragon Ball. I think they're very, very, very relatable, grounded heroes. I I believe they're 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 street class heroes in the Exalted sense. So I wanted to I was daredevils and whatnot. So I, I wanted them to, to do it, and I did all this like dynasty stuff, and there was a lot of backstory history that I had designed that the PCs weren't weren't aware of. It, it had actually been the future of of creation that I I'd propelled everything in the future to a certain point, and basically said that Arkthon had taken over everything and had sort of subjugated and put away all of the dragon blood because Gaia on the behest of Gaia saying, hey, the, the universe and creation don't operate the way they're supposed to. Things are breaking apart and this is the only way to fix it and some very dire, dire things had to be 
It was happen. A very much a no more mutants situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so eventually the dragon blood got off of their secret little like egg egg crush crushed thing that was keeping them from spreading out into the greater world, which was fine. That was their point. That was the purpose. And the PCs were supposed to be the, one of the first ones to come back and reclaim the world to, in a very in a very direct manner and Scott got to be the last solar and it was really interesting. The game went completely left field from what I was originally planning and that's that's the kind of stuff that does happen and I just wanted to like comment on it. Just the idea of of every game session that I was at was like, well, what absurdity is going to happen today? Well, if I it, it, I only came in in the last like year and a half. Me and yep. Murphy only did. And I can guarantee you that I was responsible for at least part of it. Yep. I tried my damnedest. It was me or Jeff, really, who were yeah. going to cause some form of absurdity to happen. Yeah, I and mean, I was just a guy who could punch good. Well, punch so good that you could rewrite reality. Yeah, yep. yeah, I sure did do that a couple of times, didn't I? Yeah, I had just come up with this extremely elaborate backstory about how, in my mind, motif in the creation, uh, the primordials were right. It, as, as terrible and horrible mm-hmm. as they were... They were right. They were the right ru- proper rulers of creation because they designed it so they and they alone could properly administer to it. But, you know, Solar's being exalted being exalted. Yeah. Just, just can't we leave well enough alone. I do like hitting buttons that say Genesis on yeah. <laughs> Genesis, genocide. Oh, oh yeah. man, those, I always get those mixed up. Oh, oh, why? Like it's, I thought we changed the Molly covers on them so they were different colors, at least. They're both red. <laughs> I'm colorblind. No! <laughs> oh, oh, the great curse. I'm colorblind. <laughs> what a, oh, what a weird limit break you have. That's a very specific one. Oh, God Maybe damn. we should stop color coding the, ge- the Genesis, uh, the, the world changing buttons. words on them. Yeah. I, and mm. I have to say is that was that literally is the longest running game I've ever been a part of that I have ever run. And I'm very happy that my players were able to be together with me in doing that. It went through some high times and some low times because, mm-hmm. you well, know, seven years is a very long time. And I was yep. going through college at that point. So well, everything in their mother's son gets well, in the way. We were goddamn adults by the time that thing. Yeah, we we were. Well, one of the things about exalted is, um, in that universe, uh, it really kind of runs off might makes right. Yeah, uh, it there's, really does. There's, there's no absolute moral standard in that world mm-hmm. because everyone is flawed. Like e- even the highest of the gods has his problems. Um, so it reaches a point where you, especially if you're you know playing to the protagonist uh, element of if your PC or PCs make a moral stand on something. And they have the power to back it and up, enforce it. Yes, to enforce it. At a certain point, you you know, when a when a, a GM has the the idea of well, the primordials pretty much had it right. If the PC PCs stand up and say "fuck you, no," yeah, it's, uh, it's I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do it anyway. Did we generally go with "fuck you, no"? I forget. Yeah, basically, we went with "fuck yeah. you, no." Well, they, they, let's just say they were very obstinate to the idea because they were raised on the idea that well, primordials were. Most of them were really, really bad, mm-hmm. and it wasn't good for people. And you're absolutely correct on that. Mm-hmm. You're hundred thousand percent correct on that. Yeah, being having creation run by pronouns is bad for human beings. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you're all human beings. Therefore, ergo, it is bad for you. I think yeah. we did end up going for the good for human beings option. Yeah. I, I think we went for the we're going to make creation okay for people. Yeah, you kind of kicked over all the people, all the pronouns that were trying to help you to get things along. You weren't going with the script. Yeah, it felt like you weren't going with the script. Well, yeah, you weren't going with the script. Well, the thing, well, the thing was, is that we were like, well, okay, in order to get this point, you committed genocide. 
so fuck you. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's, know, well, he's know, not acceptable. Yeah, he's well, not I would acceptable. say, well, my, my character, um, you know, the, in, in Exalted, there are a million dooms coming upon Exalted. Just a million. And the one that my character had the biggest problem with were uh, the, the Death Lords. And the underworld, oh, yeah. uh, and li- things that literally, like their big thing was genocide, uh-huh. like wiping out massive populations. And like when he saw the connection, it was all like, "Yeah, well, okay, this genocide, these these people commit genocide for this reason," but and then turn around and saying, "Oh, well, we committed the genocide and we enslaved the enslaved this class of being, but we did it for the right reasons." He was having none of it. Yeah, it, it comes down to it comes down to where's your morality oh, at? Are you willing to accept the consequences of your action? Mine and Murphy's characters came in about a uh, about a year and a year and a half before the end of this game, so we got caught up on like the really fast cliff notes. Uh, my character was not smart; like he was not <laughs> a bright guy, but he was really good at martial arts. Uh, he so was basically Goku. You could, could you yes, he was basically Goku, and you could like it took convince like. All you really had to do was be charismatic enough and, <laughs> and sound like you knew what you were talking enough to convince them. They're like, nah, man, they're bad. You gotta punch the sun. I'm like, I, sw- I guess I gotta punch the sunbird. I guess I gotta beat the Gardulus up. <laughs> I- and then I did, and it hurt a lot. Uh, they did a lot of fantastical or whimsical and outrageous things, but that that is that is all. That is supposed to just ratchet up. We jumped off the moon. It jumped off the moon. It was kind of interesting. We did jump off the moon. Yeah. That was weird. Yep. There was also that one time where you sent an army, and that was very silly of you to have done so. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> because I had this idea of martial arts of the maiden of war, so I spent 17 months in a willpower and said, your army's at a hole now. The, the generals, the generals, they're fine because they're, they're other people with essence. Those other guys, though, they're just in a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> big, oh. big, big hole, and then, you know, we're just going to rain sw- sword uh, storms down upon them. <laughs> Well, anyways, those were great stories. Thank you very much for sharing them, guys. I'm sure we'll have more stories come down the line, and we'll talk more about... Stay a while and listen. listen. All right, Deckard. This place is dope. Suck my Herodric balls. (laughs) Ew. Uh, But anyways, where can people find you? Uh, They can find me on the Tweeter Birds, at Divis Mulcav. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. He actually checks his Twitter, everyone. I do. I actually check my Twitter, y'all. Fucking millennial. And uh, I am at BioImportance. If you want to contact the show on Twitter, too, we are at PolyhedronCast. Um, also, as I said earlier, if you want to email us, you give us feedback, give us subjects to talk about. We'll make a backstory for your character, I promise. Do Doesn't matter what we'll, it is. We'll review whatever game you want us to review. Like I said, I'm pretty easygoing at this point about if we have like someone genuinely like contact the show and be like, this is the episode I'd like. As long as it's like kind of within reason, we're going to go for yeah, it. Yeah, as long yep. as it's not hate mail, we're fine. We're cool with it. Even if it's hate if mail, it's hate mail <laughs> we'll read it in a funny <laughs> voice. Like I said, I will read your hate mail in you a funny can, voice. You can get us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, if you really like the show and you want us to become, you want to become one of our bosses, you really want to have a direct hand on the show, go over to patreon.com slash polyhedron and think about donating like at least a dollar because that's the minimum amount, but you can be a dollar a month and you'll get nothing but content from us, but you'll just be helping the show get bigger and bigger and bigger. We'll and continue doing this shit for free. Yeah. Yep. You'll always get it for free, but we would like to try to expand it and do more, aka we're trying to get the Dragon Con and all that fun stuff, and sometimes that, that stuff takes money. So, from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice.